finds Vinny Lieber. He was deflected by Sims. Now Stu Douglas slows things down, kicks it open. Manny Harris, right wing, a triple. Count it. Right to me and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Well, yeah, what a performance by this Michigan team first. First real game, I'd say, of the season as they play two Division II teams playing a very legitimate Division I mid-major team. And I don't think this is the last we've heard of Northeastern. Don't be surprised if you hear about them come tournament time. Huge win for Michigan. And now they'll get a chance to play against some great competition in UCLA, maybe Southern Illinois and Duke. Up in Madison Square Garden, so great experience coming up. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and uh, I wanted to mention just to start the show tonight about a documentary playing at the Michigan Theater. Uh, That's well worth seeing. Uh, I went to see the uh, movie Flow. Last night, I think it is subtitled For the Love of H2O, (laughs) For the Love of Water. And it's about the uh, various issues surrounding uh, the uh, global economic problems and health problems and privatization problems and (laughs) bugs, bacteria, pathogens problems, the pharmaceutical problems, the water problems that we all face uh, both locally and, of course, uh, nationally and, and uh, globally. And I recommend this uh, documentary. Uh, it opens up, by the way, with a rather witty line from W.H. Auden, who wrote, Thousands have lived without love, but no one without water. Yes, indeedy. And uh, needless to say, water, the global infrastructures involving water, and uh, this movie approaches the water problem from a variety of perspectives. Um, Interestingly, they interview activists here in the state of Michigan, and I saw part of the panel discussion last night uh, at the Michigan Theater, uh, and this documentary is, is once again showing tonight. And I... I'm a bonehead and didn't write down exactly what time, but I think 7 o'clock, uh, to be on the safe side, um, will do the trick for you. And it was interesting to, of course, discover that uh, basically 70% of water uh, globally is used for agricultural production, 20% for industrial production, and uh, 10% is essentially used for us, people. And that includes drinking. So they go into a variety of issues regarding water, including uh, diseases, World Bank projects that have uh, led to the privatization of water, uh, the fact that here in the state of Michigan, uh, different, uh, well, specifically the Nestle's Corporation has been trying to suck water out of our uh, state in which it's bottled, um, transported, and actually sold Uh, to consumers at a much higher price than gasoline. And, uh, of course, there are a variety of problems regarding sewage treatment uh, issues 
uh, in third world countries. They interview activists from countries like Bolivia, Lesotho, uh, India, South Africa. And, of course, needless to say, there was a little bit of a touching of the issue of um, some of the problems regarding regulation and failure to regulate. Water is essentially the third largest global um, commodity um, behind oil and electricity in terms of total gross national product. And, of course, needless to say, uh, many of us here in America take it for granted. We turn on the tap. We've got it. That's about the, that's the problem, of course, in many of the third world countries because they scoop water out of streams, out of uh, fetid lakes or ponds or whatever. And indeed, uh, one expert noted that two million people die every year as a result of waterborne diseases, uh, most of them children, and of course, most of them in third world countries. And that even here in the United States, uh, there are an estimated uh, 7,000 to <laughs> as many as possibly 7 million uh, incidents of people getting sick from uh, even municipal water. I know there was a big outbreak in uh, Milwaukee several years ago. So it's uh, a consciousness-raising movie about water and uh, some of its important implications. And this is sponsored by a sort of a coalition of uh, um, environmental groups and whatnot. And uh, one of the other interesting panelists uh, worked uh, for Veterans for Peace in Iraq on the Iraq Water Project. I'm going to fulminate here shortly about the General Motors bailout. Uh, Jim has just joined me recently. And I wanted to quote specifically um, from the Michigan Peace Works brochure regarding um, the misplaced priorities of our federal government. Um, taxpayers in Ann Arbor will pay $207 million for total Iraq war spending approved to date. That's basically uh, what we've paid over the last uh five and a half years, and of course there was some news that uh, we may be in Iraq until 2011, based on a new putative deal that's been signed over the weekend. A lot of question marks hanging over that, though. Yeah, and of course Obama uh, looms on the horizon. The equivalent of 291,000 homes could be uh, equipped with renewable electricity for one year, 155,000 children with health care, or 21,000 scholarships for university students for one year. <laughs> These are our priorities. And when I listen to, and I'll give a brain damage award out to Richard Shelby and John Kyle, uh, who are leading the charge against the General Motors bridge loan, because uh, that's really what it is. It's not a bailout. It's a bridge loan, who uh, seem to have no problems whatsoever funneling $650 billion into this disastrous Iraq project. There's no questioning about what they're doing. And when I just finished a book that over half of federal spending on discretionary uh, budget appropriations here in the United States are related to war, this is very troubling and I think demonstrates conclusively that the Republican Party is finished here in the state of Michigan 
one of the interesting counties uh, that turned out for Obama, and I think that this may be a uh, presage of things to come, was the fact that Grand Rapids voted blue. Kent County voted blue. And if the Republicans can't win Kent County, they are finito. They are sort of like the dead parrot. <laughs> Pining for the fjords. Pining for the fjords. Oh, and I'm being told by my engineer that the movie is actually at uh, 9.15. I believe that the Blake Edwards shot in the dark movie is tonight. They have a special Monday night, yeah, Monday night series. So it's uh, the f- flow for the love of water is at 9.15. Highly recommended. Well, just a couple of other additional items on water from the December Harper's Index uh, that just sort of back all that up. Chance that a person worldwide lacks adequate drinking water due to socioeconomic conditions, one in six. Estimated portion of all fresh water drawn from U.S. sources each year that is used to cool power plants, half. That's a little bizarre. Uh, estimated, uh, excuse me, f- percentage of Fortune 1000 companies that say a water shortage would be severe or catastrophic to their business, 40. And finally, percentage that say they have made preparations for such a shortage, 17. Another bizarre water-related incident is not really framed as such. It's from the uh, Financial Times, November 13th, uh, entitled Alaskan Ice Holds Gas Store. And this is somewhat bizarre, I think. New technologies will boost access. Alaska holds enough recoverable natural gas trapped in ice to heat more than 100 million homes for 10 years, according to the first government assessment of a resource expected to become increasingly important as the world outlook for oil supplies dims. The Alaska hydrates, which it explains, are ice-like solids in which water molecules trap natural gas molecules, are thought to represent 11.5% of the volume of gas within all other undiscovered, technically recoverable gas resources on shore and in U.S. state waters. This, to me, is a little troubling because it suggests that to release this gas, one must melt the ice. Yeah, and in fact, it's interesting. Scientists, uh, a variety of scientists, have pointed out that the actually the permafrost in Siberia, you know, which is of mm-hmm. course is part of those huge tracts of land in Russia, uh, is indeed melting, releasing methane uh, into the atmosphere. That is a much, you know, as bad as the carbon dioxide is. Methane is even worse. Um, I'm sort of drawing a blank on the actual formula for methane, but I want to say that it's HN4. Um, Never took chemistry. Might be uh, H4N, but I believe it's mostly nitrogen. Um, And it it, it is something like 10 times more damaging in terms of global, um, you know, greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it is a greenhouse gas, methane. Um, Reagan bizarrely once claimed that flatulence from cows polluted more. And this is something that's been repeated by a right-wing um, people like that moron from Oklahoma named James Inhofe, who not surprisingly was reelected, who calls global warming the biggest hoax. Uh, ever. Well, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> One can imagine uh, 
some desperate Republicans beginning a chant of <coughs> melt, baby, melt. Yeah. Uh, this article by Sheila McNulty goes on to say that U.S. government scientists said depressurization appeared the most promising way to access the natural gas from hydrates, that is, ice, a, uh, as changing the resource from a solid to components of gas and water enables it to be produced. So, you know, who knows how much of this, what the quantities involved are, but with global warming, with uh, rising water levels... Um, this seems like a strange way to acquire energy rather than just finding new, you know, ways. Well, there's Palin palling around again with gassy people. Um, <clears throat> wind technology seems like the real thing to uh, sure. research. Wind and solar, and uh, it just simply has to happen. And it's uh, very troubling when... You know, I'm not a big fan of T. Boone Pickens. He's sort of a, been a... <laughs> Certainly a self-aggrandizer. Yeah, well, he's been on the wrong side of most issues most of his life. And, in fact, uh, he was one of the main f financiers for the uh, Swift Boat uh, operation against yeah, John indeed. Kerry, which uh, has to be one of the most disgusting things in American history uh, in terms of fraud, bogus arguments, and just outright... There is no God. <laughs> Nastiness. Yeah, that's, that's that, of that caliber. Up, yeah, yeah, that's going to rank up there with, uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth Dole, wife of Bob Dole, <laughs> pitch man for Viagra and former presidential candidate. I seem to remember Mondale uh, in the vice presidential debate in 76 when Dole essentially blamed all the wars in the 20th century on the Democrats. Right. Mondale had a perfect uh, line for that. He said, well, Bob Dole has enjoyed and earned a reputation for being one of the worst hatchet men in the Senate of all time. <laughs> and it was delivered so promptly and swiftly that it was a perfect rebuttal to that bizarre claim by Bob Dole. Bob Dole, by the way, has some sort of inner demon regarding the war i i don't blame him he was he was wounded uh, in world war ii um and i don't know i don't know the details as to whether he was drafted or f signed up but uh perhaps he somehow held franklin roosevelt responsible for his <laughs> eternal grip of that ballpoint pen yeah the uh <laughs> where are the strawberries <laughs> Bob Dole always had did kind of bear a, a little bit of resemblance to Humphrey Bogart, but I remember in the Kane mutiny, <laughs> Humphrey Bogart is is rolling the ball bearings around right. in his hands perpetually and conducting an inquisition as to who <clears throat> ate the strawberries. <laughs> who knows? Uh, now for uh, one of our, shall we say, the current debates that's. Uh, percolating all over uh, America regarding the bailout of General Motors. Uh, Ford, to me, sounds like they have enough money to make it through till Obama gets into power. And there's no doubt in my mind that sometime, um, I seem to recall that the timing is Congress comes back into session, the new Congress comes back into session shortly after January 1st. Yeah, but the so. actual inauguration of Obama doesn't occur till the 20th of January. And I guess the $64,000 question is, 
can General Motors make it for 60-plus days? Because there are certainly more than 60 days until Obama is inaugurated. Um, I'm a little unclear. You know, George Bush, let's give him a brain damage award. He links the bridge loan to a free trade agreement with Colombia. This this was a contingency. And once the Democrats said, forget that, we don't want to have these linkages here on the uh, uh, bridge loan, um, the White House is basically going to veto the bill. Now, because the Democrats have such minimal margins in the Congress, it's a little unclear whether there will be a veto of a uh, bridge loan bill for General Motors. Um, There are people openly arguing that General Motors should fail because they've failed in the past to do a variety of things. And, of course, I have mixed opinions about the auto companies for a variety of reasons. But let me just say this. America has a patriotic duty to uh, give a bridge loan to General Motors and Ford. For if, no, for if for no other reason than they were shut down by the government during World War II, forced to build tanks, forced to build B-29s, and World War II would have lasted significantly longer uh, without General Motors and Ford. Period. (laughs) Now, if the United States wants to cede, I'm going to make some peculiar arguments here, and we will leave aside debates about cafe standards and SUVs for another show, because obviously I am very critical of some of the decisions um, that the big three, uh, you could, I think, at this point call them the big two, because Chrysler, I don't think, has any future. And they, indeed, probably should be allowed to fail or allowed to merge with a uh, perhaps a Japanese company. There's been some rumors that uh, Nissan, uh, Renault, which is already a merger that's occurred with a failing auto company, uh, may um, occur. Well, let's speculate theoretically uh, about a World War III that uh, originates in Pakistan the India-Afghanistan region, not terribly an unlikely proposition. And America has no auto manufacturing capability. In fact, if the pessimists are correct, and there is an unraveling of 2.3 million other jobs that are connected to the auto industry, and this spreads throughout the country, I do believe that America, which is currently in a recession, will go into a depression. (laughs) And I think that... uh, the GOP can uh, take full credit for the entire thing. <laughs> it's the GOP economy, stupid. And this is the culmination. There are systematic problems in the American economy that have nothing to do with General Motors and Ford's mismanagement. General Motors and Ford did not invade Iraq. <laughs> General Motors and Ford did not speculate or manipulate oil prices over this past year. Now, oil prices have suspiciously, right before the election, come down from nearly $150 a barrel. But they're likely to go up. And General Motors employs thousands of engineers and research scientists that have been working on issues like... um, fuel cell, battery Mm -hmm. technology, um, things like even the solar 
car concept or the electric car who killed the electric car famous documentary right so there have been reforms in these auto companies bill ford himself uh, bill ford i think the fourth i think that's his title who's currently the chairman of the ford conglomerate just the second actually i think well the, the young guy right the, the young boy the, the youngest ford he even gave a speech several years ago at U of M, like four years ago, mm-hmm. dedicating Ford to becoming greener, that they were going to implement. Well, it's a no-brainer that that's where the future, yeah. if there is one, lies. And these companies, the problem with them is they're so big that it takes, it's like the Titanic. And it takes too long to get them turned around. I well, mean, that's why we never went metric, was because yeah. of the car industry. Ford it would have taken too long to retool. Yeah, and Ford... Make and General Motors, as Carl Levin has pointed out, makes more models than any car maker in the world that gets over 30 miles to the gallon. These car companies have had some difficulty understanding marketing, and we've pointed out because we're critics of the auto industry for other reasons, environmental reasons. Uh, I noted several uh, months ago that the the big three, quote unquote, spent more money advertising and marketing mm. SUV sales than is spent in the entire United States on transportation uh, bus systems and whatnot yeah. in terms of what the, what the federal government spends. When we are spending thir- $300 billion on the F-35, which is the future fighter, which is designed, by the way, to fight Russia... <laughs> It's kind of useless against the Taliban or Al-Qaeda. The Almost everything has proved useless against them. Yeah. <laughs> the ubiquitous Al-Qaeda that is everywhere and nowhere. And uh, indeed... Keep catching the number three man. Yeah, the number three man has been nailed about six times. Uh, and fortunately, many of these horrendous policies of the Bush administration regarding Guantanamo Bay and rendition and torture and even the basics of managing the government the bush administration just cannot do with any skill whatsoever because they're criminals and that's the end of the story but i don't hear richard shelby and john kyle who i'll give brain damage awards to again openly who openly today advocated letting general motors fail I don't hear any any questioning of all this money that is given to Pentagon contractors, $300 billion to build a completely useless plane, or putting in the missile defense system into Poland in the form of Czech Republic. To which, protect us from Iran. Yeah, which is ludicrous. They don't even have missiles that can get there. <laughs> and there's no reason why they would fire missiles. Um, they have some demented leaders in Iran, but nobody's that demented. The only leaders that are that demented are leading America. <laughs> no! no. <laughs> Mandrake. It's the purity of essence. Yeah. So, it's time to stop feeding him. Feed me, Jack. Feed, feed me. I fed you. <laughs> What's... Give General Motors and Ford the bridge loan and see what happens. 
because the the consequences of letting them fail at this point are staggering. The I, I can assure Kyle and Shelby, um, Kyle and Shelby, that's got a kind of a nice concept of lunacy to it. That the 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 United States guarantee pension system is not going to be able and doesn't have enough money to pay these pensions. Airlines can quote declare bankruptcy, and of course they've been bailed out. They've been mm-hmm. given uh, well over two twenty billion dollars, and, and were those in the form of loans? Yeah. Well, well, no, they were just gi- outright given, and Gimmies. of course the. Airline industry has has declared bankruptcy and reneged on their pensions. Period. Mm. Um, some of the pensions that GM GM, for instance, is allowed to renegotiate uh, health benefits for white collar workers. So many of them now are no longer going to receive health benefits through uh, General Motors, but are joining the federal program called Medicare. (laughs) So uh, costs are going to go up for the government if General Motors is allowed to fail. And I just cannot be persuaded by the arguments that these companies have not been um, devoted to solving the uh, renewable energy technology. In fact, the plug-in hybrid is supposedly going to come on the market in 2010, uh, the the Volt, General Motors' product. And I don't know if you've ever owned a BMW or a Mercedes-Benz, but the cheapest models kind of start in the mid-30s. If you want to go get the thing fixed, uh, first of all, good luck. There aren't a lot of mechanics that know how to work on German cars, and German cars are brilliantly engineered. You, you know, you, they're worth buying if you want to own a car for 20, 25 years because they will last that long. But if you want to go into the auto shop and get the thing fixed, you better have $800, $900 in your bank account at, at any and all times because very simple repair jobs cost that much. Yeah. Um, there are some cheaper uh, Japanese autos. Um, but once again, the, you know, I'd love to own a Prius. Look at the starting cost. Look at the look at the price that you pay up front to buy one. Yeah. Staggering. And I don't drive enough miles. In fact, I operate. I don't have a car right now. I've lived many years of my life completely without a car. Used the bike, walked, run, hitchhiked, <laughs> bummed rides. Well, and we live in a city that's actually pretty pedestrian friendly, yeah. you know, public transport friendly, but for many Americans who are out in the middle of nowhere, cars are vital and essential. And you know, the the other myth that the uh, that is somewhat promoted is that they don't make good products. They actually do. Now, some of their models are weird and I would never buy some of the things they design and there probably needs to be some serious downsizing. General Motors maybe can sell Saturn or Put it on the next space shuttle mission and hope it gets to Jupiter somehow <laughs> or beyond. <laughs> Maybe the HAL 9000 can take over the mission of getting rid of the Saturn uh, product line. I don't know. But I'll tell you something. You know, the best product that General Motors made in the, in the 90s was the Chevrolet Caprice. Those cars would get... They would last 400,000 miles. They're well-made. 
They were the best V8 models out there. But, oh, Americans like style. Mm. Of course, you know, whether you want to own a V8 or not, I don't know. But as a professional driver, I can assure you Ford and General Motors make high-quality products that are very, very durable. They don't fall apart. The, the, these cabs that I drive get 300,000, 400,000 miles on them. I drove a car, an Impala, a cab for a while that had 500,000 miles. Wow. So this idea that they fall apart and are not well made is... Well, Michigan has pretty tough conditions nonsense. for... Uh Motorized vehicles. You know, it, some some of it, you know, my advice to anybody buying a car is, what are your needs? If you have to drive on the highway a lot, get a V8. The difference in gas mileage is not that di it's not that significant. It's the city driving uh, where the smaller cars are, are beneficial. And the plug-in hybrid is the way to go. Um, because, you know, this, this idea that there's going to be hydrogen technology around the corner Look, the research must continue, but if General Motors and Ford go out of business, this all this technological research is <laughs> the Germans and the Japanese. It's up to them. Now, in the next Third World War, theoretically talking about this subject, what if the United States needs to suddenly ramp up war production, tanks and whatnot? Let's just assume for the sake of argument that India develops into a military power in a hundred years. And we go to the Japanese and the Germans and say, hey, can you build us some tanks? And their response is, well, we have uh, Article 9 in our Constitution, I'm talking about Japan, that prohibits us from doing that. And the Germans say, have you heard of Dresden? Have you heard of Hiroshima? How about Pinochet? <laughs> How about Richard Nixon? Uh, you know, whatever. And they just say, no, we're not doing it. We're, you're, you're out of luck. Oh, okay, well, let's try the Chinese. You think no, they'll probably be in an alliance with yeah. India, if yeah. anything. Or all, neutral. Right, in a third and, and, world war scenario. And we'll say, no, we're, we're not in the war. We will not build. Okay, so where does America get these tanks or, or ramp up the production? Uh, I, the, if they don't have an auto industry or a truck industry. To me, the whole concept of these Republicans and, and these talking heads that are on television saying, nah, let GM fail, it's, it's, it's worthless. It's well, that could be the punishment mode of the uh, sort of uh, fundamentalist mentality that's uh, sort of interested in the failure of others. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the free market arguments are just baloney. I mean, the Free market economics, laissez-faire e economics, went out of favor long ago. It failed in the 30s. There's a reason that there was the Great Depression. And we're seeing here today in America, obviously, economic tough times for a variety of reasons that are complicated that we certainly are going to be uh, talking about over the next year because Obama is is inheriting a complete mess. There are systemic problems in the American economy that have been covered up by Greenspan and Reagan and propaganda and the media for far too long. And those are subjects that the Gray Matters team will be talking about in the future. You are listening to WCBN-FM in Ann Arbor. It is 7 o'clock. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up very soon. Um, 
Quickly, just to sort of uh, piggyback on that, obviously, uh, General Motors, Ford, going to have to reinvent themselves to some degree. Sure. Part of the research and development that has been ongoing for years. I know guys who work for Ford, and uh, they're very excited and interested in the opportunity to exploit and explore new technological breakthroughs. That's 